0: The uh, inspiration for this episode, so I was watching this TV show called 1923. Um, it's uh, about this family, the Duttons. It's like a, a mid prequel. So the first one was called Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. The Then they did the prequel 1883 with Sam Elliott. Now they've got 1923 with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren.
1: I saw it's, this it's pretty cool. advertised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I actually saw this really good. Ad- really, really, really and good. And I've just started wa- watching Yellowstone. Yellowstone? Yeah. And only yeah, on excellent. like the third Brilliant. episode. Yeah.
0: Love it. Uh, so there's this scene where he's getting dressed in front of a mirror. It's in, you know, 19 or well, 1923. And uh, his wife, played by Helen Mirren, walks past and goes, like, Jacob, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm wondering who this old man is. Staring at me in the mirror. (laughs) When the hell did that happen? And it's funny because I've heard a few people, quite a few people over the years say almost that exact same thing. When they look at the people who are a bit older, look at themselves in the mirror and go, when did I get old? Like, when did this happen? Like, all of a sudden it's come out of nowhere. And I don't know about you, but... Certainly as I've gotten older, I've felt that time moves much faster.
1: Much faster, yeah.
0: And we might say, oh, we're, you know, th- th- there have been many arguments that I've heard, oh, we're busier now, modern day life, yada, yada, yada. But I've asked people who were not around uh, or who, sorry, I should say, who were, uh, you know, getting older, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, prior to, you know, quote-unquote modern-day life and social media and all this. Everyone says the same kind of thing, right? As we get older, time goes faster. So who knows what's actually going on there, but one of the the things that came to mind was, okay, why don't we explore this idea of slowing down time? And, of course, we can't literally slow down time, but we can slow down our perception of time to an extent or – Perhaps the other side of the equation is what can we do in our life to generate, create the meaning, the fulfillment so that we can get what we want out of life? So, and whether that's to, you know, th- with the idea of experiencing more richness in life or just generating more meaning in life. And part of that is learning to slow down time or maybe slow ourselves down i was going to say or maybe slow
1: ourselves down yeah yeah because we can't slow down time but we can certainly slow 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 ourselves down though and how and, and maybe take more time or be more um i suppose in the in the it's to be in the present right to be in in this embracing more of our present moments so that we can appreciate you know what is actually happening around us and and therefore just slow down. Maybe slow down actually our thinking at times too, right? Was there was, do you remember a time when the, where, where people would be so praised for this ability to multitask? Yeah, It was like, if you could multitask, oh my God, that scene is like a, that scene is an amazing thing. Not really taking into consideration that when we multitask, we're actually diluting our attention to each of those tasks, right? And I feel like you and I have even had a conversation about this before when you talked to me about, was it multitasking and like task... Shifting
0: task switching or task switching.
1: There you go. Yeah. And, and, and we've touched on this before where it's like, you know, actually this, this ability to multitask really means that you're actually just almost opening up your world to be so reactive to anything and everything that's happening around you, that you really are not present in anything, right? You end, you end up being just completely absent actually for most Mm, things mm. that you, you set yourselves out to do. So, Mm. um. Yeah, I think it's interestingly present-mindedness.
0: Yes, interestingly. Yes, there's two things that you've said already oh, no. <laughs> that I want <laughs> to touch on. The first one is this is super cool, right? There's this uh, there's this study in 2015 with 186 participants, and uh, I'm just going to read out the abstract. This study investigated how multitasking affects evaluations of commercials, right, like TV commercials. Participants either only watched the ads or performed additional tasks while the ads were playing. And the results showed that performing additional on-screen tasks while commercials were playing led participants to perceive time as passing more quickly compared to when they just watched the commercials. So multitasking, based on this study at least, uh alters time. So time passes more quickly when we are multitasking. Our perception of time increases when we are multitasking. So that's super interesting. That is actually. And so what does what the question then becomes, okay, well, if that is the case, then where if we're wanting to slow down time then we're wanting to focus more on one task at a time. And then, of course, the question becomes, like, how do we do that? And there are various ways that we can do that, which we can explore. But how interesting is that? Multitasking seems to speed up time.
1: Mm. But where has even multitasking come from? This idea of multitasking and even when it was perceived to be so great, right, and such a, such a wonderful ability, and, and and many people still do believe that, has also come from, I think... The fact that people think it's being more efficient, right? So then the efficiency ties into how many tasks you can squeeze in to the same, the same 20 minutes that Ramon has. Oh, I'm going to for that same 20 minutes, I'm going to do 15 things, right? Because now that suddenly seems to be that I'm using my time more wisely, right? So there's also this idea that actually to squeeze a number of things into a given time, you're actually better or you're more efficient in doing so. Right, so it also goes back to almost changing, right, or unprogramming some of the things that we're, we're actually taught. I mean, why does that gentleman get to a certain stage in his life and then see, well, actually, you know, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm, you know, where did the time go or who is this person? But it's because you've almost come to a stage in your life where you're willing to, to look at things differently, or you, you question things as as we're even doing now right questioning this whole idea of multitasking or 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 being task efficient right is it really the be all and end all of like what we want to do with our lives or fit into our days no
0: i think i think there's uh, and and maybe let's uh, be a little bit clear when we're talking about multitasking we're talking about really switching between cognitively demanding tasks because of course you know the We could say, well, going for a walk or going for a run and listening to a podcast is multitasking. Yes, fine, but it's not two cognitive tasks. Uh, Cooking a dish that you cook regularly while listening to music or having a conversation with someone is technically multitasking, but that's not what we're talking about here because the body's on autopilot doing something that it's done many times before whilst engaging in some sort of cognitive load or cognitively um, loaded loaded activity. So when we're talking about multitasking, we're really talking about, uh, and this is where the, um, the idea of task switching comes from, when we're talking about cognitive tasks, we aren't actually multitasking, we are task switching. We're shifting our focus and attention from one thing to another and back again. And of course, then there's uh, some Onset time, there's lag and delay between the task switching, which is why it becomes inefficient. So I think in some cases, there's certainly an argument to be made for actual multitasking where we've got the body doing something and in the, in the our mind or, or cognition doing something else because that could be quite efficient. Um, the question that's raised for me is, well, actually... In the context of slowing down time, what's happening there? Because how many times have you, as one example, been for a walk and listened to a podcast and you've done it for an hour and time's gone really quickly? This phenomenon, I think, comes from this idea of being in flow. Now... Flow follows focus. So when we're focused on a singular task and we're absorbed in that task and it you know fits in the challenge window where it's not too easy and not too hard, flow is more likely to occur. When we're in flow, we do have time distortion and oftentimes time speeds up. So when we're fully absorbed in something like a podcast, and our, particularly when our body's doing something at the same time, like going for a walk or going for a run, time goes by pretty quickly. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but you know I've been out for walks and uh, and come back home again and and had a look and you know I've just gone for a, an hour and twenty minute walk or something, and it feels like it was over in fifteen minutes because I was so focused and absorbed on that task. So there are certainly some very interesting things going on here. And I don't want to I don't want to give the impression that the goal is to just slow down time because there's a lot of enjoyment and engagement that can come from being in flow, even though time tends to speed up. So maybe it's more so. The first point that you raised, which is uh, being more mindful, and I think that mindfulness equals meaningfulness. The more mindful we are with an activity, the more meaning that we can get from uh, it. Get from it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I was reading something, or having a conversation with someone. I mean, and this this goes back like I want to say ten, maybe fifteen years ago. But it stuck with me about being in the present, right? And and again to this whole topic of uh, of time and and my friend said to me she said have you ever thought about when you go and you know you go and take a shower or you go and even eat an apple let's take these just two examples when have you ever actually just taken that apple and actually seen well oh you know this is what it looks like or this is this is the shape of it or this is the texture this is how crunchy it is or how soft or you know when you do you think about how how you know, you're even biting into that apple and, and and what's sort of going through your mind? Do you think about, oh, this is tasty or this is sweet or this is sour? And again, texture or how that feels in your mouth or are you just like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to eat this and I'm going to go on to the next thing and I'm already thinking about the next stuff and even then take an example of going and taking a shower, right? When you go and have a shower, you're actually stepping into your shower and thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad to be taking a shower right now and are you, are you thinking about the temperature and how maybe... The water feels when it touches your body I mean these are little ways that you can actually start to even practice mindfulness right or 100%. being in the present to just slow things down or you know when you go take a shower you're thinking oh my god I've put the laundry on I've got to go shopping I've got to do my groceries I've got to do this this is the time you know for many of us again it's like next thing next thing next thing like you know what else do we need to be cramming in or thinking about how often do we just again, enjoy being in that present moment, enjoy even mindfulness, right? To make something even meaningful, right? So I, 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 what you just said there just reminds me of even like this this small conversation that I had like 15 years ago, but it just stuck with me. Because yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, that's yeah. so true. Because so many of us are just like, you know, next, next, next.
0: Oh, 100%. We're, we're cr- I think we're cramming way too much in or, or attempting to cram way too much in and, which, uh, then, which then
1: makes it hard to slow anything down because the minute you do, you suddenly think or we tell ourselves that we're not as efficient, right? Or we're not doing as much as we could be doing or we're lazy, right? When actually it's, it's just how we've, I don't know, been conditioned, I suppose. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, one, one of the things that um, moving back to Sydney and living in Sydney, actually I was having this conversation with someone... Oh, it was a few weeks ago, and they said they realised that uh, when they visit Sydney they can't put much in a day because mm. it takes you so long to get, a little bit to like London. It, it takes, you, yeah. takes you a long time to get from one side of the city to the other because there's traffic and parking and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot going on. So we kind of have this general rule of, you know, if we've got a, a free day or a day on the weekend, We're only ever doing two things. There's a morning activity and an afternoon activity. Sometimes there's only one because if it's a morning activity, uh, let's say, for example, I want to go paddleboarding. Now, the actual paddleboarding activity, stand-up paddleboarding activity itself might only take an hour or two. But there's driving there, getting through the traffic, driving around for 20 minutes trying to find somewhere to park, uh, taking the boards down, Finding somewhere to park where you can easily blow them up, even if you're using the electric pump, getting all set up, taking the food down there, taking the cabana down there to block out the sun, getting all organized. Like there's you know, and if you're driving half an hour away, there's an hour and a half to two hours already done. There's a couple of hours of of, you know, paddleboarding and relaxing and then there's a couple of hours trying to get home and unpacking and (laughs) and everything else. Like together again, yeah. That's that that's even if you start early in the morning that's half the day gone for one activity. And sometimes it might only be in the afternoon not doing anything. So it's not cramming so many things in. And the conversation I was having with this person was saying, they're saying, oh, you know, in Canberra, you can fit seven things in a day. Yeah, because it only takes you 10 minutes to get from one location to to the next. There's not that many people around. You don't have to search for parking. There's no traffic and you're good. Here, completely different story. And just shifting back into that mindset of, two activities today and knowing that even if one of them only takes a couple of hours and there's a four hour or five hour space with which to do it means that i can be much more relaxed about it i don't have to rush i don't have to hurry and i have to cram things in the car and quickly drive away and you know do all these sorts of things and it really brings a lot more peace and i do feel that it my perception of time is that it it's slowing down because I'm slowing down. I'm not cramming so much in.
1: And do you find then that if you are slowing things down, you're able to just enjoy those moments more?
0: So much more. Yeah. Because there's no there, there's no none of the stress hormones circulating. There's I'm not in the semi fight flight kind of response, and I can be more mindful when I'm when you're relaxed. Right? We can we can pay attention to our surroundings and our environment and all those sorts of things and be more mindful when we're more relaxed. Yes. Mindfulness is a way to become relaxed, but if we're (laughs) relaxed, it's much easier to be more mindful too. Yeah. Much easier.
1: Well, I'm definitely guilty of cramming too many things in. And so when you actually said, Oh, we should, you know, maybe this is a topic we can, we can go over. I was like, yeah, this is a good topic for us to go over so that I can actually be the guinea pig. I can actually test it
0: out.
1: <laughs> I can test it out and, and report back on how I've succeeded, if I've succeeded. Because I, I already know that about myself. I'm always on to like, oh, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And, I, and maybe this even comes down to sometimes being like a parent, being a woman. I think there's also that aspect of feeling almost guilty if you're not doing something. You know, almost this guilt of like, oh, you know, if I sit down and just enjoy myself and do absolutely nothing or just do stuff that I want to do, which is doesn't actually equate to maybe, you know, some kind of work, whether it's housework or actual work, then, you know, um, am I am I lazy? Right. So yeah. I know that that, that yeah. sometimes goes through my mind where I kind of feel like, oh, my God, there's so many things that I should be doing. Rather than just like, oh, you know, the kids are here, they're sitting down. Maybe I can, they're asking me to like sit and watch something with them. And that would actually be hugely fulfilling for me. But instead I'm always like, well, has this, 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 this been done first? And then we can get to that. And often we don't get to that because the other things take up all the time that we have, right?
0: Mm. One of the things that I I draw from the procrastination research that I find quite interesting is that we tend to take the amount of time that we allow ourselves for given tasks not necessarily being able to be the most efficient with them so let's say you know i've got uh, a video presentation to put together by the end of the week by friday and i give myself that amount of time and i say right i'm going to give myself four hours on monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday What we tend to find is that on the Monday, we'll do a little bit on it, Tuesday a bit more, Wednesday a little bit more, and then come Thursday, Friday, we've got this massive ramp towards the deadline where we're jamming it in because that's when it's due Mm -hmm. rather than spreading that out equally across the week. So one of the things that I've started to adopt is this idea of, right, I'm only giving myself a certain amount of time for something I'm gonna really restrict that time and if it's gone past that time too bad so at the moment it'll be uh, like come 2 p.m. you know start work about 6 o'clock in the morning go through to about 2 o'clock a few little breaks in in between but come 2 o'clock it's right it's time to prepare and go to the gym if I haven't finished the tasks that I've set for myself too bad but then it's a case of, okay, well, I need to get those things done. What do I do? Well, tomorrow I need to make sure that I get them done by 2 p.m. And then over time I become so much more efficient with that and I have a, a rule where it's like, okay, after I get back from the gym, there is no more work. I can read. I can relax. I can, you know, uh, read a book or do a bit of study or go out and, you know, sometimes it'll be to-do stuff like i have got to take stuff back to the post office or um, you know, might even be a social activity or something, but there's no more work to be done. And it forces me to be more efficient with my time, knowing that if I said, oh, I've got all day to do it, and oh, I've got a week to do it, I'm going to procrastinate, waste the first quarter of the week, be a little bit productive in the middle of the week, and then jam everything into Thursday and Friday. Whereas what's the point of that where I look back on the week and I just go, I've just wasted half of the week thinking about what i needed to do and not really actually doing it whereas i could have spent that time doing other meaningful activities
1: well i think and i think what you're what you're talking about as well and i hope i've got the right person here i think it goes back to and you might be familiar with it parkinson's law right the old adage that goes work expands to fill the time allotted for its completion
0: 100% yeah
1: right that's, yep. that's exactly, exactly what you were just
0: talking about. Yep. Pretty, yep. <laughs> we, yeah, pretty Yeah, you know? exactly. So
1: it's yep. yeah, yeah.
0: No, but we can we can condense that, and of course, do other meaningful things. And I think when we do that, we're no longer cramming, or we or we set a time where we do cram stuff. It's like right between this time and this time, I'm going to get as much done as I possibly can. I'm still going to do it to the best of my ability and produce quality work but i'm not going to procrastinate i'm not going to delay i'm going to take that procrastination time and eliminate it and then give myself a few hours at the end of the day or middle of the day or you know where whenever it is to do other things to be present to just relax to you know, go for a long walk and not have a time of like, okay, I can only give myself forty minutes to go for a walk because then I've got to get back and I've got to do yeah, this, 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 this. Yeah. this
1: go <laughs> on to the next. You thing. know, and, and then of course the walk too. becomes rushed <laughs> and yeah. it's stressful. I was going to say yeah. it's stressful too, right? Because you're like, oh, I've got to get to the next thing. Then there's no room for any, for any, even any desire to do anything else. Like if you were going for a walk and maybe you come across. An ice cream van and you'd like to actually have an ice cream right and just pause for a moment but then you don't because you're like, oh you know I'd like to do that but then I don't do that because I've got to get back because I've got this next appointment and I've got the next thing to do um I started noticing this even actually and that's why I like what you said with setting times to stuff because I think it was about two months ago I started actually writing an end time to my day because otherwise I was finding mm. I could just keep on going there was no cut off so I literally have like written in my, in my diary, okay, whether it's like 6pm or 6.30pm, whatever it is for that day, there's a cutoff. And I literally would force myself to like just switch everything off and walk out, right? Because otherwise I, I was literally like finding myself at like one, two o'clock in the morning, still being sat here at my desk in my office. Cause there was just no, there's no, you know, like you said, things just keep, you know, filling up your, your time endlessly and I realize well tasks are always going to be there there's always going to be stuff that I'm going to work through and get done right but you you do like what to what extent like to what cost like what are you missing out as a result of this right?
0: I love that tasks are always going to be there mm. but we will not always yeah. be here yeah so that's it that's I, I think about these things a lot yeah like tasks the tasks will always be there Half of them? Yeah. Who, even, who even gives a shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, there's half of them that we could just, like, wipe away, and we've talked about the order yeah. before. Like, yeah. just get rid of half of them. Half of them, them like, we half put on them. ourselves in the first
1: place, right?
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Like, when I was I writing in my, in my own journal, you know, there's that, the goals for the day and there's the tasks for the day. And I finally come to peace with even realising, hey, if the tasks don't get done, if the laundry doesn't get done on a Wednesday at 3pm, that's okay. If my laundry ends up waiting a week and I get to it, but I've enjoyed like doing other things with my time or I took a nap or I watched a movie that I really wanted to watch, that's okay. It's just this level of acceptance as well with the decisions that we make. And actually the only the only person that really knows that I didn't complete my task is me, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the world <laughs> said, will still cares? keep going on. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Exactly um
0: just going back to mm-hmm. your your point earlier about um about being mindful and i have a, a question for you but i first want to talk about this uh ellen langer study that i was reminded of and uh ellen Langer is the the famous mindfulness researcher and um it went something like this she had a a group of people who said that they reported that they did not like football watching football. Listening to classical music, listening to rap music, and looking at art. I think they were the, the four different categories. And what she, she split the groups up, and asked them to watch or listen, or or participate in those activities in a in a as a viewer. You know, not play football, but watch a football game, go and look at art, listen to rap music, or listen to. Cl- Classical music. Another group she asked them to pay attention to, or no, the instruction was notice one new thing, like something that you've not noticed before. Notice one thing that you've not noticed before. Another group, notice three new things. Another group, notice six new things. And what she found is that the more things that they paid attention to, the more things that they noticed that they hadn't noticed before, something new the more they rated that they liked that activity. Like they rated that activity as more likeable and they were more engaged in it the more things that they noticed. So compared to the people that just watch the football, listen to the classical music, yeah, no, I still don't like it. Notice one new thing about it. Oh, actually, I'm starting to like it a bit. Notice three new things. Oh, I'm liking it more. Notice six new things about it. Oh, actually, I'm quite engaged in this now. And isn't that interesting that Something to do with how much we pay attention to something can change how we engage with it and even increase likability. So even with the tasks that we don't like to do, what could we notice that we hadn't noticed before about that task that would increase our level of engagement and therefore potentially increase how much we enjoy or like that task? Because rather than it being a task that we just want to get done and get out of the way and now we're trying to fast forward through time, we're actually being mindful and engaging that in you know in that task or, or with that task in a more mindful way, which I think can become a more meaningful way. And even if it's not more meaningful, it's at least more likable, which it's is better likeable. than not liking it and, and, try- not- and wishing that the time goes past, right? I wish for yeah. the end of the week. I wish for this day to be over, this horrible day to be over really you wish you wish away one of your twenty eight thousand days that you get to live if you live a live a full life <laughs> oh no. you get to wish away yeah. the four thousand weeks of your life you get to wish away uh you get to wish i hate winter really how old are you forty mm. let's say you live to eighty you're gonna wish away like oh, a quarter of your a quarter the of, remaining your years, of your yeah. life yeah like really
1: but you know it's so because you've just got me thinking about something. I remember when I was working at the bank, I used to say that. And I'm just realising actually now, I don't think I ever say that anymore. I don't think I've ever said that since I since I started working for myself. I've never said, oh, I can't wait till the end of the week, you know? that That I... Yeah, that's just really weird, sorry. That's totally, it's mm, just no. me just thinking, I, I don't think I've but actually it's, said but that. But what
0: an interesting phrase to say to ourselves, oh, I can't wait for the end of the day. Well, you could. we could say that, or we could engage in life in a very different way, and even if it's in, with things that we don't necessarily like, we can change that. We have the power to change that, and according to this study, we have the power to change that almost in an instant. Okay. Notice something new that you hadn't noticed before notice, about that yeah. thing, and yeah. your our experience with that is going to change. Will become more present. Will become more mindful. Will have a, a an increased richness of experience. Potentially like it more, and it may even be something that becomes more meaningful. And I don't know if you've had clients where you you've you've helped them to change their relationship with something that they previously really did didn't like. Mm-hmm. And some of them may have even come to love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have had that. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: So if you had a, if I you had a client that. come to you and say, "Divya, I'm 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 not getting the meaning out of life that I previously had. I, you know, I want to engage in life in a different way, or something to that effect. How can I be more present? How can I be more mindful? What can I do? How can I experience life in a richer, more meaningful way? Where would you start?" Not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs>
1: well, the first, like, like, well, the first, the first thing that I'm always going to ask anybody first is, is really, what does a richer, more meaningful life look like to you? Like, what does that even mean? Like, that's break, like, like, because I would want to understand that first. Because for sure, richer and more meaningful life. Even the word "more," what is more? So, what are you doing right now? And then, what is more? What is what is richer? What is more meaningful? And what, because for, you know, a hundred percent that is going to mean something different to each person. So actually relating it back to an individual first and their own life. And, you know, cause maybe it means more time with their children. Again, what does more time with your children mean? Let's actually try and break that down. Right. What does, what are richer experiences or life experiences or friendships or relationships mean? What does that look like? Right. What are you doing right now? So that's for me, you know. It, my style of coaching is to always get into the nitty gritties of, of even those basic definitions of what we are telling ourselves and what we, what we desire before I actually start working on, okay, how do we break this down? Or what does this mean for you now? What are the things that you actually engage in at the moment, right? What are, what are things that you are doing even in your day-to-day life that maybe you don't feel you're enjoying as much or you feel as fulfilled in? And then how can we actually find even fulfillment or, or meaning? to to even the mundane things that you do, right? For example, with me, I will find fulfillment, truly, right? People think I'm crazy, but I will will truly find fulfillment in even cleaning my kitchen, right? If I can empty my dishwasher, load the dishwasher up, right, whilst I'm, like, defrosting something to cook for dinner. Like, and I'm talking about, like, you will see me genuinely, like, happy and (laughs) dancing around my kitchen because... I'm trying to do all of this before the the microwave dings right because again it's it's <laughs> right because yeah. I'm like I hey, the, yeah you know or I'll like run upstairs and downstairs put things in the laundry you know get things done because actually that's you know yeah I'm trying to speed things up I'm trying to do it quickly but because I'm trying to do something else and usually that's something else is like okay we're gonna we've got popcorn in the microwave and we're gonna sit down and watch a movie but for me see that's like okay that's Living in that moment, enjoying those moments, feeling fulfilled and happy because I'm about to now do something that's going to give my kids a richer experience of actually hanging out with their mum for a couple of hours and we're doing something, right? But again, that's me, right? Maybe for somebody else, it's going to be something completely different. So for me, that's a starting point, And then I, I'll go from there really as to, okay, what, what, and, what and that, I only Tom? pick one thing. Like, let's pick one thing just one thing to focus on and work on first and then you keep kind of growing and expanding from there because one of the worst things I find with clients or one of the most demotivating things is where you pick too many things to focus on and none of it happens because it all just seems too too daunting. We're trying to change up too many things. we're trying to incorporate too many new things into a routine or into a, a lifestyle for ourselves and then you, you fail. And then when you fail you just feel miserable like, oh, okay i'll just go back to doing what i was doing before coaching coaching or whatever it is that i was trying to work on doesn't isn't working but really yeah. you've set yourself up for failure
0: what about can we let's narrow this down a bit then what about this idea of more because you mentioned this i think what, what does more mean more a couple of times and i know that this is a a fairly common theme you know i've got my basic needs met i'm enjoying life it's pretty good but, and this is something that I often hear. Something's something's missing. Something's missing, yeah. Or I want more. No. Um, so let let's let's talk about this concept of of more. So everything's going pretty well, but I want more in life. I want more out of life. Like these common kind of phrases. Where do we go from here?
1: What is more?
0: What is more? More what? what? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. More, More what? And the thing is, remember most people, at least in my experience, most people who are saying that sort of thing just haven't had the time with themselves yet to actually ask themselves those questions. They know something's missing, but they haven't done any of that discovery, which is why I find they often come into coaching in the first place because they want that sounding board. They, they almost need someone to ask the questions so that now they can think about it. Because again, when we go through, I have found that sort of discovery on our own, we'll only go so far because for a lot of people, it starts to get uncomfortable. For some, for a lot of people, you start to realize maybe even how unhappy or how unfulfilled you are. You know, it's not, it's not an uncommon story that we hear when people have goals and dreams and objectives and aspirations but when they get there they're like oh it doesn't feel as good as i thought it was going to or Mm. you know i still want now something else right like it wasn't because because
0: they're too outcome focused and not experiencing the richness of the journey
1: exactly right it's a bit it's been about like oh the out you know I, i want this this is how i think i'm gonna feel this is what i've built up in my mind and yeah i've missed the whole journey of what's actually got me there And that's where even this idea of fulfillment has actually come in because, and where I chose even fulfillment as a niche area to sort of get into, it was because I noticed that I was working with super duper successful people or, or people that would be perceived to be super duper successful in like their careers and their professional lives and from a materialistic point of view. But if you ask them if they were happy, right, if they're fulfilled, the answer was no. And it was always, you know, there's something missing I have this, I'm earning this much, I have this house, I've got this car, I'm, you know, I'm considered to be XYZ person in my organization, right? And so status as well is there and everything and, and, and yet I don't feel good. And it was because, again, they've missed that whole journey, right? The whole, and how much time for people, right, has actually gone, like sometimes we're talking about 15 years to get to that dream job that they were looking for but they've missed out on what those you know what those 15 years has actually meant for them because they were only focused on oh i need to be the ceo by you know the age of like 45 so these last 15 years that's all i've been working on now what's because happened they to... thought
0: that because they thought that being the ceo would lead them to feeling or being a certain yeah. way yeah yeah, And then they get and there then and they like, there, oh, it doesn't, and it's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> and <yeah>. now what? <laughs> yeah, now
1: what? Like, oh my God, like all that I thought I was going to feel like, yeah, that's there. But everything else, like all the other aspects of my life are missing, right? And then there's this like penny dropping moment of like, okay, self-discovery, introspection, like what else, purpose, my why, like, oh, you know, what else am I looking for? How do I now fill up these like missing portions of my life that I feel lost in? Right. And so discovery then and going through that introspection happens later. Right. Mm.
0: Um, This is a a really interesting technique that I learned very early on um, when it was very clear that the goal was to the the goal was the vehicle to uh, feeling or being a certain way. Usually a feeling. I want to feel like this. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel confident. I want to feel, uh, you know, whatever it is. And the goal was set based on the feeling, and it was a great. I think it's still an amazing approach. Which is okay, great. So I want you to really dive deep into your imagination, Use your imagination here, and really and project yourself forward six months from now, and imagine that you've accomplished that thing. How are you going to feel? Oh, I'm going to feel confident and powerful, and all these things. And right, and what's it like when you feel confident and powerful? Oh, it feels like this, and it feels amazing, and I stand like this, and I'm. And this energy coursing through my body. I'm like, right, you've got the feeling. Now what do you want to do with the goal? Because we got you the feeling in five, ten minutes. So was it really about the goal or was it about the feeling? Because you've now got the feeling. Has it changed your relationship to that goal? If the goal was only there to get you to feeling a certain way,
1: feel that, yeah. you, can,
0: you can bring that feeling out from within you within a few minutes of just, either a memory or um, just imagining what it would be like to be like that and then now it's changing the relationship to well okay maybe it's not so much about the goal it's about the feeling or maybe it's about something else maybe it's about something and else and then as you say, discovering exploring is that that. Else? Yeah. what is that something else what is that something else what is that something exactly else? yeah but yeah. usually you're right like the, it's it's we're wanting the goal to, because we want to be or feel a certain way okay well, how can we get how can we get that feeling or how can we generate that way of being now to then recognize that maybe it's not all about the goal because if we are so outcome focused we miss out on the journey we miss out on the meaning we miss out on the richness of that three months, six months, twelve months or in example you gave sometimes fifteen years what a colossal waste of fucking time that could be could be
1: and, and because that's what, all we'll focus and because on. ultimately what is the journey that we're talking about the journey is life right that's right the journey is your life yeah <laughs> right yeah you might yeah. think it's a journey to a goal but i mean the journey that we're talking about that you're missing out on is literally your life right and so that's why, going back to the beginning of this, that's why you have the man standing in the mirror at the end of the day going, well, who is this? You know, well, how did he come here?
0: Yeah. Who, who am I
1: looking at? A string of Because everything's just passed you by.
0: Oh, I have something. I really want to share this. Um, this is great. Let's see if I can... Um...
1: I'm so glad our audience actually gets to to watch us because they can see your eyes kind of just light up when you have something new to share. <laughs> I wrote this
0: down. Um Let's see where oh, let's see if I've still got this in my one billion notes in the notes app. Um No, that's not it. Um, okay. Uh, so, you know, we've we've heard of these ideas of happiness, the, the eudaimonic version and the hedonic version, the hedonic version chasing good feelings, the eudaimonic version chasing meaning, And they're usually the two ways, the two common ways in which happiness are conceptualized. There's a third one that's been proposed, and that is uh, known as the psychologically rich life. And it's a slightly different version than the hedonic or eudaimonic. And it goes like this. The psychologically rich life is full of complex mental engagement, a wide range of intense and deep emotions, and diverse, novel, surprising and interesting experiences. Sometimes the experiences are pleasant, hedonic. Sometimes they are meaningful, eudaimonic and sometimes they are neither pleasant nor meaningful. However, they are rarely boring or monotonous. And I'll put the quote uh, down in the description below because I can't remember who said it. Could have been Scott Barry Kaufman, um, but I'll put it in the in the show notes. But what an what a what an interesting way of describing how to engage in life sometimes it's going to be this hedonic approach about you know pleasant sensation and pleasant feeling sometimes it's going to be the eudaimonic approach it's going to be about meaning other times it's not going to be either but we are going to have complex mental engagement wide range of intense and deep emotions and diverse novel and surprising and interesting experiences and I love that because it focuses on the journey. It focuses on the experience and how we're going to be and not on, oh, yeah, in six months' time I'm going to achieve this thing and it's going to be amazing, I'm going to feel amazing, I'm going to be amazing, great, and then I'm going to set the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and then I'm going to look in the mirror and go, "Uh, crap, how did I get here? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, you should put that in the in the notes for everybody actually.
0: Um, one more thing I did want to share, and actually this is quite interesting because this ties a little bit into the the psychologically rich life where we talked about diverse, novel, surprising and interesting experiences. And it was da- uh, David Eagleman, who's a neuroscientist at Stanford, said, one of the ways of slowing down time is to seek novelty. And the reason this works is because new experiences cause the brain to write down more memory and then when you read that back out retrospectively, the event seems to have lasted longer. So this has to do with the remembered self. And when we seek out new novel experiences, they are, are more deeply wired into the brain. Um, dopamine is the one of the main neurotransmitters uh, involved in um, novelty. Uh, those memories are richer. And the remembered self makes up a big part of our experience so this is another way of slowing down time but also i would say increasing meaning and this idea of having a psychologically rich life is to seek out new novel experiences and even if we're not seeking out new novel experiences and this is something that i was going to do yesterday rearranging your office so that you have a new environment to come mm-hmm. into because that's now a new a novel, novel experience. So even yeah. things that are you know that we've habituated to and yeah. we do habituate really quickly. I don't know if you mm-hmm. you've you know put a post-it note up of something that uh is going to be a great reminder every day of something that you, a way of thinking or a mindset or something that you should do and then after a week the post-it note just blends into the background. It no longer becomes like that that daily trigger. Yes, and occasionally you look yeah, at it yeah. and go, "Oh yeah, there it is." But yeah. you haven't looked at you haven't actually you looked haven't, at it and paid mm-hmm. attention to it in the last mm-hmm. thirty seven days. Yeah, <laughs> so changing changing the environment, changing the office layout around. Sometimes I'll use my laptop to put the post it notes and the in the the ways of thinking or ways of being or a mindset that I'm trying to adopt on the laptop. A week later, I'll change it. I'll put it in a different location. I'll write it in a different color pen. I'll put it on a different color post it note those of you who are watching i've got pink and fluoro yellow and blue just constantly changing the environment around to Mm -hmm. increase the richness of experience lay down those memories in a a um lay down those memories
1: what i like about what i like about that is that it's it doesn't necessarily have to take up a whole lot of time energy or thought to to do something Mm -hmm. like that right to like move your office around or just move your placing around or something else. It, I mean, it's it's the pretty quick things that anybody even listening to this could just start playing around with actually.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Test it out. Final thoughts, Divya, for our listeners. Slowing down time, creating more meaning and fulfillment in life. Any final takeaways or tips?
1: No, just that I'm going to take your tips and I'm going to try and uh, – <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and practice slowing things down this next one week and see. And I think, I think, trying to slow things down, even when times are stressful or you have, I mean, for me, that's going to be the key test, right? When, when you've got a lot of things going on and still trying to actually slow down, embrace certain moments, enjoy the moments, being mindful, right, and just observing. I, I, I like kind of just observing myself and seeing seeing how well I'm even able to like implement things that even we talk about or, you know, things that I read and, and, and see how, how easy or hard it is to actually, you know, put these things into practice. Cause I think that's going to be the, the, the harder, the harder task for most people is like, you know, you might listen to this and be like, oh yeah, I, I should really do that. But putting it into practice is a whole is a whole other mm. ball game, right?
0: Mm. And especially if you talk have about been that. used to cramming. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need to talk about that. We need an episode on implementation. Although we're trying to weave a little bit of that throughout each of the episodes and some some how-to and some takeaway. One interesting thing I think you just said that was um, the observing yourself. And and I think this is is an incredibly useful skill to develop, which is – Being able to switch between living the experience and observing the experience. experience, And sometimes we don't want to observe the experience. We want to be in the moment. But other times we do want to observe the experience that we're having while we're having it and become the observer of, of our experience so that we can look at it in a different way to see whether that's the way that we want to engage in our experience. Well, there's,
1: there's other being in it, there's observing it. And then for me, there's also sort of reflecting, right? Because mm, oh, yeah. observing could be observing in the actual moment, but then reflecting is like, okay, now, yeah. Right. Looking back on it right now. How did that feel? If we, if we can even take ourselves back to a moment like that, right? Or, or, you know, how did it feel? What did I do? Right. What could I have done differently? What could have made that time better? Right. Um, so yeah, I really like that. Any tips that you you have for our listeners?
0: Uh, just to, just to summarize what we've been talking about: um, be more mindful. Mindfulness equals meaningfulness. At the very least, it might equal increased likelihood that you'll like what you're doing more, even if it's not more meaningful. You'll like it a bit more if you're more mindful. Slowing, slowing down ourselves to slow down time. So not cramming. Stop multitasking. Like, or I should say stop task switching. Actual true multitasking where we're using the body and using the mind at the same time, fine. Uh, But stop task Task switching. switching. Yeah. Yeah, where we're focusing on one cognitive task and another and just switching between the two. It's not very efficient uh seek novelty, new and novel experiences, change your environment around and uh i love again, I just love this idea of the psychologically rich life how can you how can we psychologically enrich our life with complex mental engagement, a wide range of intense and deep emotions, and diverse novel, surprising and interesting experiences, and not chasing you know They don't always have to be pleasant. They don't always have to have meaning. But if we focus on that, the psychologically rich life, then it's never going to be dull nor boring and engaging in life in that rich uh, uh, way. All right.
1: Well, thank you, everyone.
0: Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next time.